We the bestest cast with the left twist. Not fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Huh. Yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. gentlemen welcome back to a special holiday week episode of on the guest list with fox shot and the get down white Sox dave and kenny Carkey. with you from the band as always is colin what we're going to do this week it's a special episode it's something new we're rolling out once a month we're going to co-host an episode with robbie fox and barstool sports we're going to break down classic albums this week we're starting off with a fucking bang the first one we could think of rumors by fleetwood mac it is a full audio documentary going through the entire making history and production of rumors by fleetwood mac it came out amazing robbie's a great guy we have ken from the band on as well we go through the whole goddamn thing the drugs the lying the cheating the fucking year-long studio sessions it's an awesome episode we did record some segments that are going to go at the end of the episode so stick around for that but i'm just going to get out of the way enjoy the classic album review of Fleetwood Max Rumors. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time we're doing this. This is classic album reviews. From the band is Colin. We also have Ken Bianco, Fox Shots bass player. Kenny, how are we doing today? Doing good, doing good. Excellent. And of course, our co-host for these classic album reviews, the one, the only Robbie Fox and Barstool Sports. Robbie, how are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. And you said classic album reviews. It's going to be interesting because review is a loose term here. We're basically just going to be slobbering all over this thing. Yeah, this is not as much a review as it is a dick sucking because we lose it on this. And I guess to kind of intro this, there's really only one album if we're doing this that we could start with. A critical darling, one with such a backstory that, that, that is so historical. The album we're talking about today is Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Probably heralded as one of the greatest albums of the 70s. It's still relevant today with TikTok, and I don't know how the hell that happened, but we're talking about Rumors by Fleetwood Mac today. Ken, I know you love it. We've been we've been in the studio together a million times. We both love Fleetwood Mac. Robbie, how did you get introduced to Fleetwood Mac? So I think, like everyone, you grow up knowing the hits of Fleetwood Mac. You can't listen to the radio without knowing some, but I got really into Fleetwood Mac when I was in high school, and the movie Tusk came out. And the movie Tusk is so strange and weird. It's a Kevin Smith horror film that's like a black comedy and horror. But at the end, he actually uses the song Tusk in the big climax of the movie. And I was like, what is this? This is not the go your own way Fleetwood Mac I know. This is like vicious and, you know, rock and roll, that crazy, like eerie feel the song has. So I dug into their entire back catalog from that song pretty much. And man, I fell in love. Bro, it's so funny. I was talking to my mom before this. My mom's the one who introduced me to Fleetwood Mac. In my house, my dad showed me everything. My dad was the one who showed me all my music. The only band my mom really ever shepherded me towards was Fleetwood Mac. And she gave me rumors for Christmas when I was a little kid, and it stuck with me ever since. But what I'm excited to talk about, kind of what we're going to do, is we're going to break down the entire history of the album, where they were in their career, all the shenanigans and crazy shit that went on in the recording process of this album. And then we're going to do a song by song breakdown, backstories on the songs, who wrote them, what they were about. And there's so much to talk about with this album. So I'm glad Robbie's here. I'm glad Ken's here. I'm mad they're both bass players, but I'm very happy to be doing this <laughs> yeah. today. <laughs> John yeah, McVie, we're talking him all podcast, brother. <laughs> John McVie, man. I've had one interaction with John McVie in my life. I was bartending in Center City of Philadelphia. And uh, John McVie, Fleetwood Mac was in town for a show. And uh, 
I'm like a 26-year-old idiot, and John McVie uh, ordered 11 glasses of wine and vaped at my bar. I didn't know who he was, but I assumed it was someone from Fleetwood Mac. And uh, at the <laughs> end, I took his credit card, and it said John McVie, and I was like, holy shit, it's really him. Next night, Fleetwood Mac canceled their show because John McVie was sick, and I assume it had something. You, you overserved him, man. Dude, he had 11 glasses of Merlot, so... They haven't slowed down even in 2017 or whatever the hell that was. But <laughs> that's unbelievable. So it's a real fucking story. Uh, let's let's start off. Let's just go through some simple facts about rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Here's right off the top something a lot of people don't know about this album. This was Fleetwood Mac's 11th studio album. Second with um, Buckingham and Nick's, right? Yes, exactly. So 11 albums in. A lot of people don't know this. They had broken England. Of course, half the band is English, half the band is American. But they were a blues band in England, and then decided to come to America to try and break nine albums into their career. So this is the 11th album by Fleetwood Mac in various forms. Uh, it was released on February 4th, 1990, or 1977 by Warner Brothers Records. Rumors was not the original title of the album. The original title of the album was Yesterday's Gone, which is, of course, uh, a lyric from Don't Stop, uh, the Chris, Christine McVie penned. So Yesterday's Gone was the original title, and then after all the shit that went on in the making of the album, they changed the name to Rumors, which we're going to get into that later. Uh, <laughs> it was produced by Fleetwood Mac, but it was also produced by Ken Calais and Richard Dashett, who were two engineers that they brought on as producers at the record plant in Sausalito, which, once again, we'll get into later. It sold over 10 million copies worldwide within a month of its release. And you have to think, for a band that was 11 albums in and did not see success like that, to sell, to sell 10 million albums in a fucking month. Like, we talk about, like, us taking a while to bloom as a band. Could you imagine if we were 11 albums in and then hit? No. No. <laughs> I would kill myself. But so, okay, so overall, it sold 40 million copies worldwide. It's 20 times platinum in the United States, and it's certified diamond in the U.K., Canada, and Australia. Diamond, shouts out Kenny Carkeet, our baby boy. Uh of the singles that came off of the album, Go Your Own Way, Dreams, Don't Stop, and You Make Love and Fun were all released as singles, and all of them went top 10, and Dreams reached number one. Of course, Dreams is probably one of the biggest songs of all time. It's fucking viral on TikTok, thanks to that dude riding a skateboard drinking <laughs> cranberry juice. Still as big now as it was then. Let's get to the last one. Realistically, kind of like the figurehead that launched Stevie Nicks into her persona going into her solo career. Yeah. Gold Dust Woman. Maybe between Dreams and Gold Dust Woman would be her most famous vocal performances. But this, once again, is a nice B-side to the chain in the perspective of this is the creepy, the creepier, more spiritual, like avant-garde side of the Stevie Nicks world. But perfectly mixed with the evil, jangly guitars of Lindsey Buckingham. We're talking about Gold Dust Woman, of course. Now, did you guys know this originally was not going to make the album? This was a B-side to Don't Stop, which makes no oh, sense wow. to me at all. Don't you buy stop. That, yeah, you, you buy that for Don't Stop, and you hear the next song, you're like, is this the fucking devil Maybe talking to me? Like, What's going some on Some people here? aren't going to like this upbeat stuff. Let's put the really yeah. down one so yeah. we can kind of even out the playing field. And, and I mean, this realistically, when uh, if you've ever watched the documentary The Defiant Ones with uh, Jimmy Iovine and, shout out to Jimmy Iovine, our drummer, uh, Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre, and they're talking about when Stevie Nicks went in to create her solo album, 
And uh, Jimmy Iovine said, that's all fucking great that you got the, the lace and the candles and the gypsy shit, but where's your songs at? This is her at her most gypsy shit. You know what I'm talking about? She has a song called Gypsy, but like this is her <laughs> burning candles in a dark room with a black veil wrapped around her head trying to summon spirits. It's a great fucking song and a great underrated chorus. A really so good. Gr- this is a very sparsely populated song when it comes to instrumentation, but it's all about the vocal and the guitar here. And it and, uh, like leaves the record on like some note, like it doesn't no. tie it up in a nice bow. And it's like, no. everything w- was good at the end. And here's your package. It's like, fucking deal with this bitch. It is really <laughs> weird that they end the album on. Oh, daddy and gold dust woman. Like, yeah. It, it, like with maybe, a whisper instead of a bang. Yeah. like yeah. They could have ended it on go your own way. And it would have been like, you would have left that. It, this is like going to see a movie and it ends on a fade to black and the main character dies. Well, I mean, yeah. there's rumors, all the show is going on. They know how the fuck it was going to end. Maybe they're just like, yeah, whatever. whatever. Tony Soprano. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this part is of them Tony was like, Soprano maybe this ending. is the end of the band. And it, it commercially kind of was. <laughs> now did yeah. Mix go solo kind of after this yes, album? She, okay. After this album is when, uh, which is funny, Songbird is the name of the song on this, but uh, Edge of 17 was the first single to come out afterwards. Because, yeah, this kind of reminded me, I'm a huge, huge Police fan. If mm. you listen to Synchronicity by the Police, the second side of that album is like Every Breath You Take, King of Pain, wrapped around your finger. And you know that's where and Sting that's is going to do his when thing. When Sting was kind of like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> and it's funny because we're getting, like, I'll, I'll throw one more note out there and then kind of my closing argument here on the album. But uh, Goldust Woman was actually written about Goldust Lane, which is a street in Wickenburg, Arizona, where Stevie Nicks spent time as, as a child. So I guess she's the Goldust Woman. Like, I guess maybe that's guess the so. fucking. When I think about this song now, I actually think about American Horror Story when they did the Wiccan. The, I've only oh, yeah. watched one season. They did the Wiccan season. I watched that season. And they play Goldust Woman with candles and fucking black veils on and shit. When they were recording this song, apparently, they recorded it at 4 a.m. <laughs> and they turned out all the lights and burnt candles. And Stevie Nicks was actually wrapped in a black scarf around her head. They really tried to make you feel exactly where they were in the fucking course of making this album. And I guarantee you this was a later in the process one. This is definitely when they're all burnt the fuck out. And Stevie Nicks. Oh, just like, yeah let me go and do 40 lines of coke and then go in at 4 a.m. and record this gypsy song. But leaving leaving the conversation on that with kind of the way Robbie were directing this, like, this is how they leave the record. This is kind of how they leave the band. Yeah. Because then it becomes the Stevie Nicks show, which is so odd for the rest of them because that was their 11th album. And Stevie Nicks had been around for basically one and a half albums. <laughs> and then she winds up being the runaway star of the band. And from then on out, she's the cultural icon. She goes on and does Edge of Seventeen, and and then it's she does the duet with Tom Petty. Tom Petty. Yeah, don't go dragging my heart around. And then she's the cultural icon. It's such an odd thing if you look in the history of Fleetwood Mac. She plays such a small part if you're looking at one to ten, and then fucking twelve to wherever they wound up at. But what she did in three songs on Rumors took her to a stratosphere unbeknownst to man. It's it's unbelievable. It's crazy. It's like when you look at like uh, Anthony Hopkins screen time and silence of the lambs. And it's like, yes. he was in that movie for like five minutes. And it's yeah. like, you remember every single line he had. Cause he's so iconic and he made the most of his uh, time on screen as most of his space. That's what Stevie did there. Dude, yeah. sports reference. She's like the Jeremy Lin. Of music <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Moment. Bro, I no. fucking love Jeremy Lin. She's Tim Tebow. <laughs> 
actually. She had one huge shining moment and has been a celebrity ever since. Like, realistically. <laughs> Did she tried to play baseball? <laughs> yeah, and then she went to try and play baseball for a while and there. And they let her. They're like, yeah, if you want to come on stage at a Harry Styles show, yeah, come on, let's do it. <laughs> but realistically, like, looking past it, like, they go to the next town, they go to Tusk, and then after that, I really don't know much of their career after that. Like, and I mean, I'm a nerd. I'm a music nerd. I, yeah, I feel like there's like, a, you know, a song or two from each album, maybe. Hit here, hit get. there. They Everywhere got... is one that I brought up. Like, that's one of their bigger hits after Tusk. But yeah, let me, I'm going through now. This is this is the first time the entire time I've had to pause and look at something. Real I quick. just I feel like that album to make it at the capacity they did with all the excess, all the drugs. You're never going to get back there like in any yeah. normal circumstance. Okay, so yeah, so, the, the next thing that even remotely sounded like rumors was Gypsy, and that came out in 1982, which, by the way, is it's so odd to think that like that's when that happened because Stevie Nicks was already the megastar. So when they come back yeah. to do Mirage, which was the album in 1982, she's the star of the show, and they're writing songs called Gypsy, and she's taking over the lead vocals in all these capacities. It must have been a very odd power struggle in the band to be like, you weren't here for the early days, but now you're the star and you're kind of running the show. And Christine McVie's like, I was the standout here. And Lindsey Buckingham's like, I'm high as fuck. And also, why don't you love me anymore? <laughs> I don't know. And the but lighting I mean, director is just like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the real winner in this entire situation was the lighting director. God damn. But I mean, looking back on it in those 12 songs, I think what we have learned is they were some of the most masterfully crafted pop songs of all time. And I kind of talked myself into understanding the sparseness that they put throughout and then the way they picked their spots. There's no wonder that it sold 40 million albums. There's no wonder that it's the first album that we're doing. And and I, I really can't say enough just how fucking amazing this album is. It was the first one that came to mind when you were like, when we started texting back and forth, oh, that would be fun, classic albums. And I, I feel like I texted it and like you texted it basically at the same time. Like, let's start with Rumors because it yeah. is the classic album. Like, it's this, it's Zep 4, it's Jimi Hendrix Experience. Like, there are just a couple albums that exist. It's like Marriage and Kids. And so they're dwindling. So I just went out with a few friends yesterday, uh, one of which who got engaged that day. <laughs> and um, boo, we just like bounced around like it was a normal Friday night. And that was it. What's the ultimate barbecue food if you guys had to pick? I'm a burger guy. I think burgers are the move. I'm, I, and I'm absolutely talking about smoker. I'm not talking about like fucking ribs and brisket and shit like that. I am talking burgers, dogs, chicken. And fucking chicken, like, chicken wings, barbecue chicken wings. Ooh, I, you know, or chicken legs, man. You I go shitload of legs. I, I, I gotta give it to the burger. I think that's like a burger and a hot dog. Even though I think hot dogs are kind of gross, but I, I'm not talking like you know you're making your own patties. Just get the fucking frozen ones. Throw them on the bubble burgers. Yeah, the bubble burgers, just like that cheap shit where you can get like twelve of them for ten bucks. I'm in. Dave, I go. always, Dave, I always say that you have the most um incredible incredibly legit chicago accent and then you say a word like hot dog and it's just to the moon baby what like like hot I dogs say hot dogs yeah, yeah. Hot, hot dogs dog. hot, hot dog. dogs hot dog hot dog i get shit for how i say comcast <laughs> yeah you yeah you comcast. deserve that one comcast comcast that's very you put the backs of dollars you know and it's like very much dollars oh good lord dude all right yeah so barbecues i'm with that actually i agree with that dave uh kenny who's on your list you know what? Because you said something about a documentary, I'm going to change mine to another documentary I just watched called I Want My MTV. It's on uh, it's actually an A&E documentary on Hulu or something like that. And it really shows you, man, those first like 
10 years when there was actually music TV and what they went through, like being a small network, trying to get on cable and then being the gatekeepers to everything music where like labels were paying them yeah. to play videos and labels were begging them and taking them out to dinner. And it started with four people. David Bowie jumps on board and, and uh, I mean, just fucking everybody, Rolling Stones and all that shit. Like the, that documentary was so rad about how influential I talk about how they used they were like paying all this money to make a logo, make a logo, make a logo. And then they're like, fuck it. Why don't we use something from NASA? It's free. It's public domain. Come in, enter the moon man and the flags and all this shit. And they had this whole thing where they would have artists design logos, design stage sets, design all this stuff with no barriers, no gotta do's. Just they're just like, you create, just create. And they kept hiring up and coming, non-experienced, incredibly cheap, creative people who were just making whatever the fuck they wanted. And that's what created that culture of creativity through that video and video killed the radio star. Like it's just amazing documentary. Bro, the one crazy thing about MTV and like I recently realized this for what they are now, they, this brings up David Bowie. Have you ever seen David Bowie confronting MTV about the fact that they wouldn't play black artists? Yep, yes. And that's in that documentary and it's fucking Dude, brutal. It is fucking incredible that they yeah. don't get as much shit as they should. He they, was woke before woke was woke. Yeah, but he was a real motherfucker. He was a right. real ass he married a black woman. fucking retweets and shit. No, yeah. he's a fucking real motherfucker. He called them out in an interview like, why do you not play more black music? And then the guy would be like, well, this, this, and that. And Bowie would just shut him down with like, that doesn't make any sense because this. That doesn't make any sense because of that. And, and that's like, why fuck. David Bowie is the fucking goat. Shout out to yeah. David Bowie. Yeah, he absolutely. Uh, my off the list. Pooh Shiesty. Pooh Shiesty is a rapper, had a huge fucking year with Back in Blood, but he's off my list for a very specific reason. He told on himself, dude. He got indicted by a grand jury this week on, like, major robbery charges, and the reason why he got caught, he stuck up somebody, stole a bunch of money, and a bag of money fell out of the car, and they matched the bag of money to dollars that were in one of his music videos. So he was flashing stolen money, and they matched the serial numbers through Instagram. What? Not, not only that, the car he was driving in the robbery was also in the same music video. How is this not a fucking? Oh my god! Am, I, am I living under a rock? Oh, or? it's a huge story. Absolutely. Because okay. this he, is the first I've heard of it. And my mind is blown right bro, now. Bro, <laughs> they always they always talk about motherfuckers telling on themselves, and he told on himself. That big is, time. I mean, that's a bad beat right there. That's a bad beat, dude. That's that's a bad that's a real beat. situation. Bro. <laughs> oh my god! All right, well that's my off the list. Dave, who's off your list? I mean, it's not even close to as good as that because that is something <laughs> I'm googling as soon as we hang up the phone today. But um, everybody's bitching about fireworks right now, scaring their dogs. Real it's shit. gotten to the point where I think people that are saying stop, stop shooting off fireworks, you're scaring my dogs, assholes. I think a lot of them are lying about having dogs. <laughs> Like, Dave, I've never noticed it more than this year or everybody's bitching about fireworks. And fuck you, motherfuckers. I like fireworks. Dave, I like about, blowing the black cats off in the street and everything. I like going to the fireworks show. Bro, I, I bitch about fireworks when it's a random Wednesday in March. But on 4th of July, like those motherfuckers. It's a fair dog, game. I, will, I just give my, my – we give the, my dog these hemp treats, and he, and he, and he kind of calms down. But, like, on a random Wednesday, fuck you. But if it's a, a 4th of July, it's America, goddammit. Dave, we're going to have to lump in our off the list because that was the same thing for me. Ooh. I grew up in fucking Florida buying my own fireworks, putting them in PVC pipes, and shooting them at my friend's eyeballs as yes. close as I could fucking get to it. So I have a love for fireworks. All these, like – like you said, more this year than any other year am I hearing, it's so inconsiderate. It's so 
fucking blah blah my fucking dog this blah 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 fuck you it's the fourth of fucking july we get two days fourth of july new year's those are firework fucking celebrations Fuck you, shut up. Are they going to take away fireworks now? Am I becoming conservative? They're illegal in Illinois. Am I fucking a Republican? This is insane. <laughs> like, I'm like, stop canceling shit. You cancel fireworks, motherfucker. I'm out. There's I'm a out, few though. things, like, you can't take from me. I will say cocksucker until the day I die in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing to do with sexuality. You're just Fair a Chicago. cocksucker at the same time. Um, second of all, um, what was my... Uh, they're illegal in Illinois, so people just, like... I think they're, like like passive aggressively tattling and shit when they say that. Um, but like my dad would tell me stories growing up of how he would go to the fireworks uh, site on the 5th of July. He'd get up all the unlit fireworks and like build yep. bombs and shit. Like that is childhood. That is growing up. That is adolescence. You're trying to rob people of their adolescence. I blow up trash cans when I was 12. It was the best <laughs> yeah. fucking thing in the world. Yeah. Like it was the dude, best thing on here. earth. My Dave's dad would drive down to Indiana <laughs> and like Indiana from us is like, I don't know, 45 minutes. And if that, and we would go right over the border, there's a billion, billion fire, fireworks shot. He'd spend a hundred bucks on fireworks and we'd have a fucking show for the neighborhood that entire night. Why is everybody bitching about it now? Grow some fucking balls. You it's crazy to me. I'm with you, Dave. I don't have enough. That, that's my off the list. So it's, I'm with it's, you. it's insane to me. Insane. Maddening. Yes. I'm with you actually on that. God damn it. Look, as I said, any other day, chill in the city fireworks people on 4th of July. Suck it up. It's fucking 4th yeah. of July. Right. Deal Have you with never it. seen the Sandlot? Have That's you never exactly seen the goddamn like Sandlot? That, that, that in, entire scene is burned into my brain for... And Ray Charles, American Beautiful in the background. Ooh, I got a boner. All right, so that was on the list, off the list. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We're back with a normal episode next week. We're going to have fucking, we don't even know who the guest is yet, but next week we do have the first episode of the video series dropping as well. We're with Mark Roberts from OAR. Dave's getting turned into a goddamn rock star. We're going to start working on episode two eventually, but episode one is fucking magical. Kenny, me and you should probably finish like editing that at some point. Whatever, man. It is what it is. I think it looks great. Thanks, Dave. Small tweaks, small tweaks. I'm a perfectionist, kind of, but. I'm happy to say it's finally going to be out there. We got a big episode next week, whoever it's going to be. Either way, thank you to Robbie Fox and Ken for coming on doing this first album breakdown. Guys, anything else for you to say? Keep on keeping on. Keep Just on keep trucking. <laughs> he farted into the microphone. I ain't farting on no snare drum. That's all I got for you, boys. Listen, that, my friend, is the end of a holiday week episode. God damn it. I love you guys. <laughs>